Welcome to the Healing Trauma Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Monique Coven. I'm the host. I'm a certified trauma recovery coach. I've worked for over 25 years as a social worker, and I'm a survivor. The Trauma Healing Podcast is for those who are healing trauma and finding ways to navigate through this messy, uncomfortable, and challenging recovery process. The intent of the podcast is to provide helpful information to validate, inspire you, support you on your healing recovery journey. You're going to hear stories from other survivors, trauma experts, and trauma therapists in the field that will provide information on effective trauma healing modalities, tools, techniques, skills, all in hopes of helping you heal. If you'd like to find out more information on trauma recovery healing, please go to my website at www.cptsdcoach.com. I also have an Instagram and Facebook page at cptsdcoach. Hi everyone and welcome back. So today's uh, episode is going to be a conversation with trauma therapist and author Kelly McDaniel. And Kelly has been with us before. We were talking about her um, upcoming book which is called Mother Hunger and we were talking about that. And because Mother's Day is quickly approaching, I thought it would be great for us to talk about how some of us are feeling right now as we're approaching this day. And so Kelly and I decided to do a Zoom call. So we actually have this podcast filmed and uh, I have never done that before, <laughs> but it was really, really wonderful to sit in front of um, my guest. And, and it was as if Kelly and I were having coffee together and just having this really deep connection where we understood each other. It was just lovely. And that's what happens when you are with somebody else who really gets it. And so uh, I'm saying that because uh, the sound on my end is not that great uh, because I'd never done a recording on Zoom and then took it and put it into a podcast. If I ever do that again, I will know to use um, proper equipment. <laughs> so, um, but it was still a really wonderful conversation that I want to share on this podcast. And if you perhaps want to hear it uh, with better sound quality, uh, I have posted the the actual uh, video, the call, on my Facebook page. That So that would be cptsd coach on facebook and you can watch the whole um the whole video so i am very happy to share this with you because i know that many of us are feeling that you know the time is coming and we have a lot of feelings so i hope that this brings um if anything at least some validation and comfort so that you know that you are not alone with what you're going through what you're feeling and I hope you find it helpful. Hi, well, welcome back to the podcast. 
Thank you, Monique, and thank you for having me back. Um, it's such a yeah. such a tender time and tender topic to think about sharing with the audience about Mother's Day. Yes, and you were the first person I thought of um, because uh, there's grumbling in the air and grumbling in our hearts. Um, and so I thought, yeah, this is something that I'd love to to just chat about with you. Um, perfect. I love the way you so say yeah. that. There's grumbling. That's perfect. That's exactly what it feels like. Yeah, yeah it does. And it, it also can feel con conflicting. And I wanted to talk about that because, um, you know, you have some of some of those who are mothers right now, like myself, um, you you know that you're this is a day that's set, a, set aside to celebrate you and your children want to appreciate you and show you their love and give you cards and and you're happy about that. And at the same time, you're also feeling this. No words, but the the it's a feeling of like kind of grief for what you didn't have. And you have both of those experiences happening at the same time. And it feels a lot. It can feel heavy. Um, yeah. So just wanted to talk a little bit about that and about the fact that not everybody um, is finding Mother's Day even a little bit um, happy. Um, so yeah, let's talk about that. Exactly, exactly. I think um, because I write primarily for adult daughters, the experience that many women have um, on Mother's Day is an experience of complicated grief. Um, by complicated grief, I mean that it's grief that doesn't really have a place to go. It doesn't have a voice. And this is why I think it's so important that you are giving language to the difficulty of this day. I hear this again and again. Um, woman goes into the, a, a shop to buy a Mother's Day card. And she literally cannot find a card that represents anything close to what it was like to be the daughter of her mother. Um, you know, we're all daughters. We may not always all be mothers on Mother's Day. So Mother's Day is really um, different depending on whether we have children of our own or not. Um, so maybe it would be easier to start with what it's like for you as an adult daughter. What was What is it like for you to think about how... Uh, is there a way to honor your mother on Mother's Day? What does it bring up in you? Yeah, that's a, that's and that's exactly. I mean, a little joke that I a joke. You know, I used to say the same thing about the cards. You know, going into the store and every single card was like, "Thank you for always being there for me and being, you know, such an example and being this and that." And then you're like, uh, "Nope, next." Same yeah. thing with the next. Card. And yeah. that's the design of the cards. And I am the one looking for the least words on the cards, like <laughs> happy Mother's Day, maybe blank. Um, and uh, I'm at a different place right now where I actually, it's a second year that I am not sending a card just because I've become much truer to myself. Um, but there were many years that I felt like I had to send the card. Mm -hmm. So, um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You wanted to talk about my experience as a daughter or just? Uh, well, I think 
you're probably the expert on your experience as a daughter. And I think because you are giving words to what I hear from so many women, your experience is really dynamic, especially somehow you came to a place of letting yourself off the hook of even sending a card. How, how did you do that? You know, it's a journey because I would never have thought that it was even a choice as many people I know, many of my clients are like, have to. But as I started to heal and come into, you know, recognition of what a, what a mother is and what I didn't experience and what I didn't have and becoming more true to myself, I realized how can I send a card that's basically not telling the truth of my experience? I, that's not being truthful. And a younger part of me was like, she wasn't those things. And um, I don't have to send it. Um, well, the younger part didn't really say that. <laughs> the older part probably said that. Um, but the younger part did say, thank you for, mm -hmm. for, for not. Mm -hmm. um, but I would say it was just really a process of, of, of healing and listening and letting go of what society and different messages we're getting is telling me that didn't wasn't fitting right with what my authentic part was telling me yes well i have another question about that that i'll ask in a minute but first i just want to i just love the way you were listening to your parts the younger part inside you that really didn't feel she could do this anymore and then the more evolved higher part of you that your adult self let her off the hook what a beautiful mm -hmm. way you mothered your own little girl on mother's day I just think that is a beautiful illustration of where healing can take us. Um, we all have a unique journey, but I think what is universal for adult women who are shopping for a Mother's Day card, but they have mother hunger in whatever degree, is this sense of, wow, did other daughters really have mothers like this? You read these cards that say, like you said, thank you for being there. Thank you for inspiring me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for wiping my tears. Thank you for being amazing in whatever shape or form. And I think part of the grief is reading those cards and realizing that other, others of your friends had mothers that were motherly, that knew how to nurture, they knew how to protect, and they knew how to guide. For those of us that didn't have a mother that could do those things, um, there isn't really a card. So I think finding a blank card is one of the best ways to somehow maybe recognize the day, which sometimes is taking the path that's less painful, right? Than risking what mom's going to do if she doesn't get a card. Um, but without really conforming to those terrible, um, trite, cliche type cards. Um, so I just really appreciate the way you gave that some words and tend to your own little girl who no longer has to, to do that. Um, and I'm so, so impressed with how you got there that my question next may or may not be one that you have information about, but did you get a reaction from your mother when there, when no cards showed up? No, I didn't. Um, okay. Cause we don't talk feelings or yeah. didn't like, didn't happen. Just, yeah. So. Just like it went out into a vacuum. There was no, okay. 
Well, what was that like for you? Was that a relief? Was that troubling? Were you kind of, was it a non-event? How, how was that? It's kind of like a non-event. It, it, um, it didn't surprise me because um, they, we, there's no dot, deep talker. Um, yeah, so it didn't, but I know that there's other moms who would get angry and yes. stuff like that. So. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm glad. I'm glad that didn't happen to you. Um, I, I think there are daughters that would get in a lot of trouble. Um, and sometimes to protect themselves on Mother's Day, they just go ahead and send the card. <laughs> right. yeah. um, and I guess really what we're speaking to is there's no right way to do this day. That grief is what comes up the minute we approach Mother's Day. And again, I'm speaking to the 50% of us that have insecure attachment that I call mother hunger, right? And they're different degrees. I'm not talking about the women who had positive maternal attachment and therefore they have secure attachment. Um, usually that Mother's Day is a wonderful warm time for, for them. Um, but I'm, we're both speaking to the women that are grieving on Mother's Day, either for the children they didn't have the relationship they have with their own children that doesn't necessarily feel good on Mother's Day and the relationship with their own mother that was heartbreaking. So I thought it would be good if maybe we talk a little bit about the different forms of grief, because a lot of times they come in different emotions and we don't even know it's grief, right? We might feel sad. Um, and that is easier to identify as grief. We might feel angry, and that's a little bit harder to realize as grief. We feel guilty that we're angry. Some of us are so angry that we end up hurting ourselves on Mother's Day um, or hurting someone else, acting out in ways toward other family members just because we're so angry and there's no place for that anger to go, um, which is why I, I call it complicated grief. There's not a grief support group for daughters on Mother's Day. <laughs> that might help, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I so, love that you're putting words to it. I, I really do. I think that's so helpful. It is. I think in a way that our discussion can be a grief support group for, for women on Mother's Day, um, mm. which is such a gift that you're providing and that we can give. Um, other forms of grief, though, that are also hard to detect might be feeling numb. Um, or feeling shame. I think for a lot of women on Mother's Day who feel like they can't do enough for their mother, they can't send the right card, they can't send enough flowers, they can't tell her enough how great she did. Shame really comes with, why am I not a good enough daughter? And I think so many of us as women will blame ourselves before we blame our mother. Like you've obviously done a lot of healing and so have I, but I remember as a younger girl in my teens and twenties on mother's day, really feeling like what's wrong with me that I just don't want to do this. I really had no idea at the time that it had anything to do with my mother. It was my fault. So I think another gift we can share with women on this day is that whatever you're feeling uh, might not all be your fault. It really may come from what you didn't get, the mothering that didn't happen. Maybe not because it was your mother's fault. She didn't get it either. And the epigenetic legacy of maternal deprivation can be three and four generations, right? 
so it's not about blaming necessarily, but it is about letting yourself off the hook at whatever stage you're in grieving on Mother's Day. Yeah, that's, that's really a good thing to say, because like, I'm thinking of, you know, a lot of people that I know who have had narcissistic moms. And so they're so, it's been so patterned that they're blamed, 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 that it's natural. They're not even going to question it's me, something I did. So I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that you're saying that. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then, you know, um, the other thing, and, and you brought that up to my attention, which is so true. And I've had people tell me that too, is that the, the pain of, because they didn't have the experience of, um, you know, the connection and love and support, they choose not to have children or be a mother. And that also is um, a form of grief, I think. It definitely is. I think um, one of the most difficult things that can happen when I'm working with a woman to heal mother hunger and the wake up call happens. This usually happens after enough healing has taken place that she's for the first time in her life identifying her true desires. Um, so many of us, we don't have wants and needs because we were too busy tending to our mother's wants and needs. So after some healing, when we start to realize we actually do have feelings, desires, wants, and I hear time and time again from women who had made what felt like a conscious choice not to have children, realized that that was actually a reaction. It was a feeling like I can't have children because if I have them, I'm going to hurt them the way my mother hurt me. In that way, these women were already loving their children by not having them. But the grief comes when a woman's post-fertility years and realizes she never really actually had that choice. I'm not talking about the women that make a very clear um, conscious choice not to have children because they have other priorities in life. And in fact, in fact, I think I have so much admiration for women who know early in their life, they, they've been mothered well enough to know themselves. And so they know that's just not my path. That's not who I'm talking about. I'm talking about the women that have been most of their lives so dissociated because of um, the trauma of growing up that they truly didn't know what they didn't know. And waking up from that kind of emotional trance um, is painful. And one of the losses that comes up on Mother's Day is never having the choice of whether or not to have a child. And then for Mother's Day, there are women who struggle with infertility, who've worked so hard to have a child, to love a child, to be present for what that journey might look like. And that chance gets taken away. Um, so I think there are so many places on Mother's Day that bring women to grief around issues of their own mothers, of course, but also their own experience of fertility. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. So I guess, um, I mean, what are some things that you would suggest people can, can maybe think about uh, around Mother's Day that might be supportive for themselves? Um, that's a great question. And I think, um, I wish I had more answers, but I will say that finding support from your friends on Mother's Day, friends who, if you are a mother, so are they. If you're not a mother, neither are they. Friends who can um, 
really empathize with where, where you are on this day. Um, some of you might be lucky enough that that's your partner. Um, but for many of us as mothers, we don't get affirmed on Mother's Day from our mother. And to maybe expect that from our kids puts some pressure on our kids to behave a certain way, which basically it's a Hallmark holiday. They didn't create this. They didn't ask for this. You know, they didn't even ask to be born. <laughs> we gave them life. And so we don't need to put them on the hook for Mother's Day. I think, though, that for women without children on Mother's Day, however that feels for you, um, to have other women to talk to who share that grief journey is really, really helpful. Um, and if you don't have friends who can support you on this day, I think this is one of the best times a podcast like this can be helpful. I also think watching a movie that's familiar on Mother's Day, that's one of your favorites. So you're not sitting there wondering, oh no, what's about to happen? You want something predictable. You want something nurturing. You want to mother yourself on Mother's Day. So what are the favorite ways to do that? And one of them is to watch a comforting movie. Um, some women, women really like to take a bath, a walk, treat themselves to a special meal. Um, anything that would feel nurturing that you wanted as a little girl that you didn't get from your mom, Mother's Day is a great way to do that. Mother your own child that's deep inside you, who's still hungry for that recognition and that tenderness. I love that. That really speaks to me about the younger part because yes, she's always there. Yes. Um, and she's the one that went when I didn't do the, the card. And so I love that idea of listening to what she wants and giving her, you know, whatever she wants and whether that's a cozy movie, um, but just something really, really nice for her. She yeah. deserves it and it feels good. Exactly. It does feel good. Um, and it's an opportunity to tune in, right? To tune into the inner, deeper, younger parts of ourselves that are looking to us mm -hmm. to mother, to mother them. You know, it's our turn. I love it. Well, this was a this was a great conversation. I don't know if there's anything else. I mean, if there's anything else, we could talk about this for a long time and it can take many different ways, but I just wanted to just touch on it and I guess really just provide some validation for what people might be feeling right now. Mm -hmm. uh, even this alone, like I can sense as we're talking together um, a connection with you and that feels comforting because you get it, you know? Exactly. And so do you. And so I think when we can meet and share our own process, our own journey and some of the wisdom, it's profoundly healing. It is. Mm -hmm. And in my imagination, I almost feel like, um, like I'm giving you this like virtual hug because you get it. And there's just something really special and comforting in that. So. Yes, yes, mm -hmm. definitely. So thank you for giving us an opportunity to do this. And I think it's such a labor of love to do a podcast. Um, I know it takes a lot of your time and energy and I'm just glad you're doing it. And thank you for having me. Thank you. So just before we end, can mm -hmm. you tell us about um, uh, your, I know you have a, um, you have two books and you can tell us what, what they are, but one of them is coming out very shortly, which I'm really excited about. Mm. And then you can tell us how people could reach you. Well, the book that's coming out shortly is called Mother Hunger. And um, 
I'm posting about it on my Instagram page, which is at Kelly McDaniel Therapy, which is the best place really to um, follow along, see what's happening with the book. It's due out July 20th. Um, so it's, it's nice that we can talk about Mother's Day maybe in anticipation of this book. My first book was actually called Ready to Heal. It's written for women who struggle with love addiction. Um, and um, it's from that book where I first mentioned mother hunger because our mother is our first love. And when she breaks our heart, that tends to happen over and over again in our romantic relationships. And that can become addictive. Um, in the new book, Mother Hunger, I'll be talking about how both food and love become problematic because they are the surrogate mother. And um, I'm looking forward to, to being able to talk more about that another time. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And I know that it's going to be on audiobooks. I'm such a fan of audio. audio. I love hearing. Are you the one that's going to be talking? I am. I just found this out two weeks ago. They called and they said, we're going to do an audiobook. And so they're sending me to a studio um, Saturday today. Yeah. So I'll be there for three days recording it. I hope that they can edit very well. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, I, I love it when authors speak in their own voice. Um, so that'll be really lovely. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I'll just go ahead and say that I wish you some serenity and joy and comfort on Mother's Day. Me too. Thank you. Trauma recovery coaching is online, which means it's accessible no matter where you live or no matter what time zone. There are two ways that we could work together. The first one is called an introduction to understanding your nervous system from a polyvagal lens. I've been trained at the Polyvagal Institute. And so this program is designed to introduce you to your own nervous system and how it works, learning to understand why it responds the way it does and how to begin to show your body and your nervous system how to come back into regulation so that you could feel safer and more present. The second option is what I call a deeper dive. It's a 12 week, 12 session meeting with me where you will also learn all about your nervous system and nervous system regulation as well as other things such as understanding attachment, inner child work, parts work, boundaries, and so much more. To learn more about my offerings, you could visit my website at www.cptsdcoach.com. Thank you.